You're listening to WNYU 89.1 FM New York and online everywhere at WNYU.org. I'm your host, Kate Hines. This is The Rundown. You're listening to 89.1 FM WNYU New York. Tonight, Harrison Choi, our man on the street, asks New Yorkers what they like most about themselves. Then we'll hear about NYU's new Title IX changes. Our first feature story tonight comes from Izzy McMahon and Kate Hines as they dive into the troubling dining situation many NYU students faced while quarantining. Finally, we'll hear from Nikki Cruz, who will be walking us through her experience introducing her partner to her family for the first time. Ever since moving to New York, I feel like everyone here is constantly criticizing something. New Yorkers aren't happy with transportation, they hate how it smells during the summer, honestly you name it, and a New Yorker has critiqued it. But why don't we practice some self-love in the city? I hit the streets and asked New Yorkers what they liked about themselves. What do I like most about myself? Good question. I think integrity. Integrity, honesty, and ability to build relationships with people. Confidence. I have the confidence to speak with others, to communicate with others, and convey my opinion. I'm from a small town. Population is 1,200 people, which is what lives on my block in Brooklyn. It has to be my resiliency. You don't come out of small towns if you're not resilient. I like my hair. It's different than people around here. It's black and it's silky. I have great hair. I have like 80s hair, thick, gorgeous. I'm trying to let it grow out to donate it. Oh, I don't know. I'm a funny guy. (laughs) I like that I am pursuing calm and peace and gratitude. My camera is a super important part. It's truly very much a reflection of what's going on inside of me. I'm very determined on what I like to do. I used to be in special force school and I dropped out. Just been wanting to do it ever since again. For WNYU 89.1 FM, I'm Harrison P.J. Choi. On August 27th, New York University announced in a press release that the school's Title IX policies would be updated to comply with new mandatory federal regulations. This May, the U.S. Department of Education issued new regulations mandating how federally funded universities must investigate and adjudicate sexual misconduct cases. The federal policy changes give the party accused of misconduct more rights and resources to defend themselves. Institutions will now be forced to follow new guidelines when conducting internal conduct investigations. Changes would include the allowance of judicial-style cross-examination of witnesses by university staff during internal conduct hearings. Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos proposed these changes back in 2019. In response, NYU published an open letter in opposition of the suggested policies, expressing concern that the changes would harm an already effective system. Lynn Brown, senior vice president of university relations and public affairs, stated in the open letter that, quote, college campuses are not courts. Despite pleas to leave Title IX alone, the new federal guidelines went into effect on August 14th, threatening loss of federal funding to colleges and universities that do not comply. For The Rundown, I'm Kate Hines. My name is Darren Lawal. I'm from Dallas, Texas, and I'm studying music technology. I'm Flo. I am from Texas. I study biochemistry, which is such a fun time. We love it. (laughs) 
The first meal that I got was a chicken Caesar salad. It had like a few pieces of chicken and like three things of cheese and that was it. It also had chips, an apple, and maybe a granola bar, I'm not too sure. Caesar salad, the chicken was rubbery and the cheese that they sprinkled on it looked like confetti. I think the um, infamous worst thing that we received was the watermelon chicken salad. It was a tangy watermelon. Uh, I've never had a watermelon that tasted fake, but that watermelon tasted like it was not real. Watermelon chicken salad. Watermelon chicken salad. Watermelon chicken salad. On August 18th, New York University began a mandatory quarantine period for students in NYU housing who have come from out of the tri-state area. 2,600 students will spend the next 14 days inside of their dorm rooms as a preventative measure against COVID-19. To accommodate students while they are unable to leave their buildings for two weeks, NYU has promised to provide three complimentary meals each day. Unfortunately, these meals have made an already difficult situation even worse. The portions really weren't that big and it's been salad pretty consistently. Like other than breakfast, it's been salad every day for us. Airplane food would be better to be honest. I feel like it's crossed everyone's mind that this definitely isn't the best thing that there could be. Videos and pictures of these prepackaged cold meals have made waves on social media. NYU students on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok are having a field day making fun of the unappetizing and poor quality meals they have been provided. I posted my video pretty early on. I think I was one of the first videos to go up, and a bunch of people started asking for my Venmo, and at first I was like, okay, I haven't eaten. This is probably a good idea. I can't afford takeout. That was Alexandra Mettler, a freshman quarantining in Brittany Hall. Mettler received nearly 1.5 million views on a review of a vegan-labeled meal containing a pudding cup clearly marked that it was made with real milk. Her TikTok even caught the eye of NBC News and BuzzFeed. Her TikToks continue to rise in popularity as the situation escalates. Here's the latest. Afternoon. It is currently 2.24 p.m. NYU did not bring me breakfast today once again, but lunch just arrived. It was a small bag of smart food popcorn, a banana, and a yellow orange. But don't worry, it's okay, because at least they keep bringing me bottled water. I know my school cares about me, because even if I don't get breakfast for three days in a row, at least I won't be dehydrated. Thank you, NYU, for looking out for my best interest. Vegan students are being given meat and dairy products in their meals despite having specified their dietary restrictions prior to quarantine. Students also reported meals not being delivered until 2 p.m. at the earliest and even 11 p.m. at the latest, some not receiving meals at all. I put down on my form that I was like 95% vegan and so far what they have been delivering me is not even close. I've gotten chicken, I've gotten eggs, I've gotten milk. But the boxes always say vegan, so that's fun. <laughs> the first night we were here, my sweet mate, who's vegetarian also, we got dinners labeled vegetarian, but it was just chicken. It just really surprises me that vegan students can receive chicken, a steak, cheese, dairy. The fact that Muslim students have to receive ham sandwiches, like, I just think it's um, kind of insensitive, considering the fact that NYU went out of their way to tell us that they would provide food. However, 
Students in the NYC community have come together to support those most vulnerable. NYU granted each student in housing and a $100 Grubhub gift card so they could order hot food and groceries. A mutual aid fund was started by fellow students, which allows residents to list their Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal, along with a request for aid. The Washington Square Community Grocery, a volunteer initiative, has begun providing groceries to quarantine residents as well. On August 23rd, NYU student government released a statement demanding NYU dining and residential life ensure all students are being fed adequately. Since then, the university has issued multiple apologies and statements regarding their efforts to improve the quarantine experience. This includes increasing food service staff, beginning meal deliveries earlier in the day, and prioritizing students with dietary restrictions. After viral videos exposed the poor food quality, multiple local television stations, CNN, The New York Times, and BuzzFeed reported on the situation. This then encouraged the university to take action quicker. You know, use this as a sounding board to know to listen to the students and know that, like, we are willing to, you know, have a conversation, but a lot of this has been done above, over our heads and without our input. So to all of you students listening from your dorms with your dry Caesar salads in front of you, hang in there. One more week until you can enjoy the wonders of New York City cuisine. For the rundown on WNYU 89.1 FM New York and online everywhere at WNYU.org. I'm Kate Hines. And I'm Izzy McMahon. I'm Nikki Cruz, and this is the story of the time I took my boyfriend to meet my parents. So to start off, my family decided it would be a great idea for them to have a massive barbecue the night my boyfriend Patrick flew in from New York. Like, instead of it being what was supposed to be just my parents and takeout food, it became my parents, a massive dinner, and the majority of my extended family. I decided to pick up Patrick beforehand in San Francisco so we could go through all the names of my family members. All right, so your grandfather's name is Jerry. Uh-huh. Jerry Jerome, right? No. <laughs> Jerry Jerome? It is Jerry, right? Your it's grandfather's Jerry. Name is Jerry. Why did I think Jerome? Well, it stands for Jerome. Like, that's his nickname. <laughs> Jerome Boris. Please do not address him that way. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you, Jerome Boris. I am your daughter's boyfriend. No. He would hate me off the bat. Mm. What else do you recall? Okay, we got, we got... Noe, Uncle Kevin, Aunt Tanya, Jean, the mom, mm-hmm. Jerry, and Judy. All right, and is that everybody no. there? Who no. Who else at the dinner? <laughs> You're going to meet Jenny, who is, like, my great-aunt's daughter. So she's, like, my second... Is that my second cousin? I don't know how that works. All right. And then there's Dor. Dor. Who is her mom. Dor? How Dor. is Dor spelled? D-O-R. Okay. So not D-O-O. <laughs> His door? <laughs> yeah, and then there's Jimmy, her husband. How do I differentiate door from Tanya? What is an older Asian woman Dude, and what is a white woman who looks like my mom? Uh, door is the white woman? No. Oh. Door is the Asian woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright. <laughs> they all look very distinct, if that helps. Okay. That's good. So immediately after we stopped recording, Patrick kept saying how nervous he was. 
which made me really nervous too. I thought there was nothing to worry about, but seeing my boyfriend frantically running through names that he couldn't pronounce really stressed me out. He ended up running through names the entire ride to the dinner. Jerry, Judy, Noe, Jean, um, Hania, Nick, Kevin, Dor, Jimmy. Oh wait, you forgot my stepdad. <laughs> oh my god, what's his name? It's not the G. No, it's not. What? <laughs> Shane. Yes. Shane, I don't know why I said G. Bonus question, what is my aunt and uncle's dog's name that you will meet? It's like a human name, it's a little weird. Gilbert? No. Oh. <laughs> I named oh, like, Gilbert's the last name of your grandparents. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. It's Jackson. Jackson, okay. Should we go? Mm -hmm. Alright. Ready? Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going in. Six hours, 11 family members, and a giant meal later, Patrick and I recapped the evening, with the biggest event of note being my grandfather pulling him over to the side for a long conversation that looked more like an interview. How did it go? I think pretty well, hopefully. No one gave me like any issues or glaringly disliked me. Yeah, I think so. I think like you definitely could have debated more with my grandfather. Right, but I did not know that the man wants to be challenged but still win. Just argue for the hell of it. I didn't know yeah. that's what you meant. Provide a different outlook. Like, he likes people that play devil's advocate. Like, how am I supposed to debate? I'm just a little mad. I, <laughs> I, there was, like, one thing I could have debated in everything he said. You got, like, kind of stressed at points, and then you would, like, put your hands on your head, and you would, like, look down at the floor, and I was like, oh, no, oh, no. No, I just, those conversations are interesting because I want to, like, present something new, or when he was talking about the Black Sea, I wanted a little quirky story about, like, me and my parents or something, like, get him to, like, be able to personify me easier. So, next time we see them, it's going to be just my parents, and it's going to be dinner. Do you think that there's, like, anything you should anticipate or, like, change your approach? It's just your parents, so I think that your mom hopefully likes me. She seems like she does, so I'm fine with it. I haven't had that many interactions with Shane yet, I feel like, for him to, like, form an opinion on me yet. So I feel like I'll just ask him about his job. Hopefully there'll be things that'll pique my interest with him, like, talking to me, asking questions, which, like, leads to more questions, ideally. Should I argue with them? Like, do they like to be challenged? Like, what should I? No. Okay. <laughs> I will submit, I guess. No, don't be, like, boring. Yeah, obviously. Okay, so Patrick honestly ended up doing pretty well with all of my family members. After we returned home to New York, I found a list online advising people on what to do when they meet the parents. Okay, and then it says bring a gift. I don't think that's important, that important. Because you didn't bring a gift? Yeah. <laughs> When you meet people for the first time, you don't entirely have a good grasp on what they like or dislike. So how are you expected to bring, like, okay, you bring a generic gift to adults, alcohol, right? That's the first thing your mind goes to. What if they don't drink? You've officially messed up, you know? Okay, it says ask a few questions and you want to, like, plan them in advance. You kind of did that, though. Yeah, because I asked you what they like and what I should talk about. Yeah, and then I told you questions to ask. Right, yeah. <laughs> Especially like, with your mom. And you're texting my mom now. Yeah, I am. I'm texting my mom about actors and movies and a bunch of random things that she just decides I should know about. <laughs> you sound really hostile. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. It's really funny. I think it's... I think it's. I didn't mean to sound hostile. I think it's actually really, really... I think it's, like, really cute in a way. I'm, like, glad that I, like, formed a friendship with your mom enough to text her. I think that's great. So I think it's, like, a collaborative process to, like successfully meet the parents then maybe 
I also think meeting the parents is just too important and people think it's such an important deal. Like, I think you can mess up on things, have differences of opinions. I think you can be yourself. You shouldn't meet the parents if you're not serious about the person you're with. But I think people take it way too seriously. List or not, I think Patrick did a really good job with my family. I remember calling upon all of my knowledge of my family, Patrick, and the infamous meet the parents moments we see in media trying to best construct the event for him. Looking back on it now, I don't think following or not following online tips or things I've seen in movies makes any difference. Bringing someone to meet your family is about bringing together parts of your life that you love. At least for me, I now realize that that's nothing to stress about. I'm Nikki Cruz for The Rundown at 89.1 FM. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for joining us. You can find more on campus news at nyulocal.com. For the rundown on WNYU 89.1 FM, I'm Associate News Director Kate Hines. You're listening to 89.1 FM, WNYU, New York.